0: Hey guys, welcome to episode number 92 of the Marketplace Podcast. I am joined today by my friend, Sri Sharma. Sri is CEO and co-founder of Increasingly, the AI product bundling technology company. Previously, Sri founded and sold two digital marketing technology businesses, He has won National Business Awards, Highly Commended Entrepreneur of the Year, Sunday Times Tech Track 100, and Deloitte Tech Fast 50. Most recently, he won a Google-awarded scholarship to study AI and futuristic technology at NASA. Sri is my friend, a personal friend, somebody that I have sat down with, talked about business and just life, and he's very reflective. It's something that I most appreciate about him and value about our relationship. And he shares a lot of that in this podcast interview in terms of mentorship and how he's cultivated businesses and how he looks at investing. And I wanted to take some of our personal conversations and put them on a content track, if you will, so that you guys could get from it because I'm always thinking of you in terms of what I want to share and what I want you guys to hear. So without further ado, here's my friend, Sri Sharma. Hey Sri, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing, priest? I'm excited to have you, man. You of course are a good buddy of mine, and you and I have had so many good conversations, and I wanted to kind of record this, if you will, on the podcast here and share some of those conversations with our audience. Great having you on. But before we get into some of your business practices and what you're currently doing, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure thing. Well, first off, it's a real pleasure to be here chatting with you. I'm in London, if you hadn't gathered already by the accent. Priest <laughs> is a good friend of mine, so I'm very flattered to be invited. And if I can help Priest, then that's a real privilege and a pleasure for me. Thank you. So, a little bit about myself. Personally, uh, I come from India, originally born there, but lived in UK primarily and lived in a few other places, worked in the US, in France and Netherlands. Professionally, I come from an engineering background, so engineering and maths, and I have then worked in internet strategy at Accenture. And then from there, I kind of followed an entrepreneurial journey. That took me through three companies, and this is my third company, in originally digital marketing and technology, which has then led me into e-commerce technology and the use of AI, and particularly machine learning. Personally, I'm married, got an amazing young daughter, so got a young family, big into Ashtanga yoga, and big into surfing.
0: So you guys can see why I like Sri. He has many layers to him, like onions. And this is kind of what <laughs> I want to peel back for you guys here. So Sri, as we talk about business online and how you got started there, I mean, I know you were into many things and you went to university and you're a well-educated gentleman, but how did you fall into online business in general?
1: Sure. Look, I'm no more educated than anyone else <laughs> and life teaches a lot and I've made loads of mistakes along the way and that's been my best le- lessons actually. So, but how did I fall into online I was working at Accenture in internet strategy stuff and I saw the internet kind of bubble time, but then I saw the rise of Google very early on and it occurred to me that playing in their ecosystem made a lot of sense. So I became one of the first users of Google AdWords. I'm sure everyone in the room knows what that is. Mm -hmm. I became one of the first users of Google AdWords in the UK and off the back of that, what I realized was if I was smart about it, I could help brands find new customers online first using adwords i could do that in lots of countries because i actually speak a few languages so i thought well why just do this in one market or two markets why not go for doing this initially pan europe and then globally and then lastly i said well i won't ask for payment except when i deliver so the affiliate channel became my preferred route because the relationship was already created and all i had to do well not quite all, but you know, it became simpler for me to go and start working. And so I focused on building technology that helped me build around Google AdWords. And I took all my life savings, which were at that time in dollars, about $55,000. That was all my life savings. I borrowed some money from my dad. So I got another probably $70,000. And what I did was I borrowed off, back then you could borrow off credit cards and there was 0% interest for the first year. So I took a big risk and I just borrowed money off about 10 credit cards. And then I started using Google AdWords to help brands find new customers online, not just in one market, but in about initially four or five markets And then I started expanding that to more and more markets in lots and lots of languages. And I just reinvested everything. Every time I got paid, I just reinvested. And I virtually lived on nothing. just get the whole business going and you know i started out in this affiliate business as an affiliate as a publisher
0: talking about taking a gamble on yourself so were you still working at accenture full-time when you first launched out and kind of building this stuff at night or did you just go for it
1: you know i'm going to totally honestly and candidly because i think you can hear like beautiful stories manicured when when you go into the newspapers (laughs)
0: but actually
1: (laughs) that's right. every story the headline is never really the truth. The headline below it, there's so many layers. You talk about onions, but there are so many. I'll leave that <laughs> to to priests to talk about onions. Oh, onions, but there's, but you know, there's so many layers. They call, for example, Uber an overnight success. It wasn't. It was like eight nine years in, you know in the works Right. from an overnight success. So anyway, there's loads of layers. So if I talk about mine, my journey was I actually thought you know, this is a lot of risk. So I started doing dabbling by nighttime and building product by nighttime. And then I kind of saw that there was some traction. And then I decided to take the plunge. I actually also got accepted to go back into school, actually, and as you call it in the US. And I, but I deferred that for a year. So my backup plan was, if it all went terribly wrong, then I was going to go back to school. And I would do that in one year's time. So I kind of created myself some options. So I think for anyone who's like thinking about, you know, oh, take the plunge, you know, no big deal. That's foolish. Definitely take plunge. Think about it, but also give yourself some options. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's the way I approached it.
0: I agree with that hundred percent. I've never subscribed to the idea that just quit your day job and then start a side business. Cause frankly, if you're not really making any grounds, even at night while you work every night and on the weekends, you probably won't do it as a full-time piece. So at least start to build the engine and the framework to that business and continue working your day job. And then if it starts to make real headway, then, you know, make some logical, sensible steps at that point.
1: Totally. Totally. Of course, back yourself.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Back yourself, but create a little bit of risk management around it.
0: Yeah. And I agree with you a hundred percent. A lot of people can kind of reshape their story on how businesses were built. And to your point, Airbnb and Uber and Facebook and any other successful tech story or otherwise, has not been built overnight. All of these have had the slow groundswell that eventually turned into what we know it is today. Yeah, definitely. So you talked about getting into the affiliate business, the best way of being paid. You talked about some past businesses that you've created. One of those businesses that some of you may have known during that time is Net Media Planet, which we call NMPI now. But that essentially started off as a super affiliate before it became what we know as a digital agency today, correct? Yeah, that's right. So when you first created that, that was the first business that you started that was based on an affiliate model? Yeah, that's right. And effectively,
1: the the evolution of that was that I knew I wanted to continue to scale that and to grow business and ideally create more than one business. So it occurred to me that at the time, there was a real opportunity to help brands do a better job of digital marketing Mm -hmm. and we already had this core competence which was paid search and started to be a core competence in display as well so it became like quite a natural progression to create another business invest heavily into it and try and get that business going which was more of an agency and then over time we added to it kind of strategy layer and, and other pieces so that it became its own entity as a business so it was like one business that led to another because what do you do you you use your point of difference even if you're going to go and build a business you have to have a product so you have to be something that's going to be different in the marketplace so that's what I had in my first business but then in the second business I just leveraged some expertise that we had and use that to create a second business.
0: Yeah, that's pretty amazing to kind of see the frontier ahead and kind of start building business pieces around it and doing different investments within that business to scale it out. Because I think that's where a lot of people fail as business people. We kind of stay stagnant versus evolving as business owners, investors, whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, definitely. And you know what? It's very different hats being an investor being an operator, being an owner. They're very, very different hats. And it's very easy to get very confused and not be able to see very much further into the future and just be stuck in what you're doing. You have to step away and try and get the bigger picture. You have to get other people's point of view. That's the only way that you as a person can grow. um, And it's your own individual growth that drives the growth of the company. Because you are the weakest link. If you're the head of an organization, you are its weakest link. If you are the owner, you are its weakest link. Mm. I kid you not, mm. It's fundamentally it comes down to you. Are you willing to make those tough decisions? Are you willing to take your head out of the sand? Because we're so afraid sometimes of what might go wrong. So actually, you'll find that you are the weakest link very often. And you have to get as much guidance as possible and as much strength as possible to make sure that you don't remain its weakest link.
0: You and I have sat down, had lunch together, and I was sharing with you something that I thought I heard previously that I thought was profound where I told you, I said, hey, I heard somewhere, I don't know if it was from Warren Buffett or someone that the average millionaire had at least seven streams of income to remain a millionaire, essentially. The point I was trying to make was nobody has a nine-to-five or not many people will have a nine to five and become a millionaire. And you said, "Well, look, the way I approach businesses, I focus on one item. So the one item today would be increasingly, but you have multiple ventures that you're an investor of, things like Fit Guru, True Dash, alcove. So there really is a difference between being an investor and kind of contributing that portion to the business." and then actually owning and being the front man to the business. You have those two different hats that you're running with now.
1: That's right. I think that it's just about understanding that you've got to take off one hat and you've got to put on another hat and you can only put so many hats on in one day. First off, you have to choose your personality type. And if you're in the audience right now, if you're an owner of a business and you're operating it, well, then you're wearing the operator hat. If you see a great opportunity and you want to invest, you've got to take that hat off and you've got to put on your investor hat. Different hats require different skill sets. Being a great operator does not equate to being a great investor or, frankly, a great owner. I'm still learning to be a great investor mm. because I've had to be a great operator for so long. I'm having to learn to be a great investor because investing is a very different game. Yeah. So, you know, Priest, to your point around different hats... You have to also know what do you want to be? Do you like being an operator? I enjoy running and building businesses. I enjoy it. I enjoy it more than, say, being a full-time investor. I've got some buddies. They love that. They love the variety of touching a little bit of this, touching a little bit of that, having interesting conversations. They love that. For me, at this stage in my life, I still like seeing that seed and seeing it shape into a small sapling and then into a tree. and And I still get such a kick out of that. That's the owner operator hat, which is different to an investor hat. And so I have to be very careful which hat I'm wearing.
0: So let's talk about one of your latest ventures that kind of go outside of just the investments, but you truly are the front man to this business. And that's increasingly. Yeah. So one of the reasons why you and I have been talking deeply is because it's something that I've pushed at Lenovo and I believe in the product and how it has AI function to it. But share some insights with the audience about Increasingly, if you can.
1: Sure. I would love to. So Increasingly, you can check out Increasingly.com. The proposition is this concept of AI or artificial intelligence for cross-selling. If you think about it, retailers do a phenomenal job of cross-selling in-store, but less of a great job doing it online. That was the first big insight. And there's plenty of stats around it. If you take some data from Gartner, they say there's still 10% money left on the table, by every retailer mm. because they're not doing a great job of crossing it. <laughs> that's huge. Yeah. You know, you've got the rise of Amazon. You've got the rise of these Alibaba you know, s- taking everything they can. And retailers are letting customers leave 10% on the table. I mean, it's just madness. That was the first insight that got us really investigating this. Then if you take a look at Amazon, you'll see that Amazon, below every single product, they'll show something saying, hey, why don't you buy this together with something else? Technically, that's called bundling. If you notice, 95% of retailers' websites, they don't do any of this bundling. So, I asked 50 retailers, why don't you do this? And they said there are two reasons. No companies come and said they can solve the problem for us. And secondly, uh, we can do it, but it's totally manual. So, that's where it increasingly came in. And we're a software that uses AI, specifically machine learning, and 25 models of neural networking, to help a retailer identify the right products that should be paired. There's loads of nuance ones I could talk about, like the discounting layer and other things. But the outcome of it all is that we're helping retailers do a way better job of cross-selling by helping them bundle products together. And we're driving retailers to increase their revenue by 5 to 15%, which is huge for one of our first U.S. clients in the first month. They saw two extra days of trading revenue within the first month alone. So put it this way, they had a 30-day period of revenue. It was as if they'd done 32 days of trading revenue. Wow. Which is, yeah, it's just huge. That then leads into an in-marketing product and an in-store product. And and we're busy building away at all of the
0: products. So if I'm a business that has 5,000 SKUs or even less, I mean, half that, and I don't have the real capabilities to have a tech team build out the functionality that Amazon has to create a, if you would, you know, others have also purchased this type of scenario. This is a great tool to kind of plug into that, essentially.
1: Absolutely. If you've got more than 50 products and you're not doing any sort of bundling, known on Amazon as Buy It Together, then you want to either start doing this yourselves and manually, but I wouldn't recommend it because if you have stock levels that change or new products that you want to put on your site or anything like that, then you're going to have to keep redoing your manual bundles. If you'd rather use artificial intelligence, machine learning to do it, and you'd want to work with a partner who can make it happen for you and see 5 to 15% revenue uplift, then definitely give us a call. We'd be super happy to help.
0: What's interesting is last year or maybe even a couple of years ago, you know, you've seen Amazon do it. You didn't know, or at least I didn't, know how to just plug that into the system. Everybody's always trying to build out this functionality or this tech team to kind of create it not realizing that there's tools out there like yours to do it, how do you create demand for a product that the market doesn't necessarily know they have a need for?
1: That's a really good question. So I've kind of tussled with that and I love it when someone says to me, I get it because I've actually internally discussed we want to do bundles. Mm -hmm. Or I love it when sites say we actually do do bundles and we see it contributes revenue, but we do it entirely manually. Very few companies are in that bucket. So I love talking to those guys. For the ones who've just never done it, they don't know what they're missing out on. So for them, I have to very visually show them what Amazon are doing. And then I have to remind them that Amazon are driving somewhere between six and 8% extra revenue through bundling, which equates to approximately $15 billion a year just from bundling. And I asked them the question, do you want to leave money on the table or do you want to be smart like Amazon? Mm. And when I do that, you tend to find that they kind of get a little bit more serious about it.
0: Mm -hmm. You have these investments, these ventures that we talked about earlier, you have increasingly, I know you're always involved in stuff, what steps do you take personally for your own mentality, your internal peace when you have challenging times in business as you will have?
1: I think there's a few things. First is I'm always reading from personal development doesn't have to be just business books i'm reading business books I'm read personal development books frankly i just read what interests me and i use those as sources of inspiration and learning so a great book that teaches it's actually quite a spiritual book but it's been very very good for even thinking around how to handle stress in business is a book called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Hmm. Or I want to be more efficient in how I work. So I'm reading a book called Deep Work by Cal Newport around how I can be more efficient and effective with my time. So I'm always reading. The second thing is I try and get mentors, which could simply be people a little older than me that I just have a cup of coffee with from time to time. Sometimes it's the same person regularly, or it might be just somebody else that I respect. And I just talk to them and I ask them, what are they thinking about? What are they reading? How are they managing their time efficiently? How are they making sure that they're getting their balance right in work? I take a certain problem to them and I kick it around. So I try and just keep learning. I think that's the key. And that helps you in your progression. Because I think all of this business stuff, isn't all just about the business stuff. It's actually about your personal journey. Mm-hmm. And you want to have the most enjoyable, exciting and fulfilling personal journey you can have. Yeah, And it just so happens that you're using business to do that.
0: That's a really good point. I want to explore the thought around mentors. I remember when you and I were talking a bit at that moment, you were actually going to fly out the next week or that week to sit down with a mentor. How important are mentors for you as you build your business and move ahead in business life?
1: Look, I think mentors are super important. What can happen as a consequence of me saying this is everyone can think, hey, I need to go and find a singular mentor who can guide me. I found that that's really hard and much of that's out of your control. I actually hired a non-exec director at one point and that guy unfortunately got cancer and passed away. And then it took me a number of years to find somebody else that I admired enough that I wanted as a mentor. And then what I realized was actually having just one view wasn't the smartest thing to do. So what I would suggest as a takeaway is having mentors is a much smarter thing to do. What you want is the best advice for the different area that's important for you. So in health, you want to get a mentor. And it may well be that getting a a mentor may be too expensive for you. So go read a great book by someone who's amazing. If you want something around spirituality, go read a great book. I've given you one suggestion, Michael Singer or Deepak Chopra. If you want to get a book on investing and you want a mentor, go read books by Warren Buffett or read books by David Svensson, who runs the Yale Endowment Fund. If you want a mentor for how to improve your business operation, go and talk to a number of business owners around you and try and have chats with different people and get points of feedback Through all of that journey, you'll find that there'll be mentors Mm. that you really respect. Find a way of keeping up with them that might not necessarily be coaching one-to-one. It might be reading their books. It might be a quarterly coffee. It just depends. I think, for example, in the UF, there's one guy called Tony Robbins that I'm sure many of you know. Mm -hmm. I think he's an amazing Mentor in the, in the world of helping you reach your potential. As a rule for myself, I go to his event every time he comes in London. Same stuff every year. But why do I do it? Because I'm improving the skills in what he teaches me. I'm improving my skills in what he teaches me, and every time I'm learning something new. So I'm getting that little injection, that little shot in that area where I want to get better. And then probably alongside that, I'd say putting stuff into practice. Mentors are one thing. You have to walk the walk. You have to actually make stuff a reality. You have to do whatever has come up as an idea and then go and implement some of it and learn by doing. So great advice plus learn by doing.
0: We want to thank today's sponsor, Namecheap. Are you trying to find a domain registration company or a host that best fits your needs? Namecheap is a domain name register in a web hosting company that I've worked with since 2002. They were established in 2000. They offer domain names at some of the best prices in the industry, along with full-featured hosting packages, secure SSL certificates, WhoisGuard Privacy Protection Service, and much more. Go to the link in today's podcast, click on Namecheap, and get yours today. That's really good advice. And you and I have talked about mentorship and other things before in the past. And I told you that the reason why I started a podcast is because I'm an avid reader. And sometimes you're reading from these authors and you want to glean more. You know, you can't just call up an author, for example, and say, hey, tell me what you meant by this. But if you offer a platform or something like a podcast or something along those lines, you'd be surprised on the feedback and the engagement because now there's a two-way stream between you and that person that you're looking to mentor you. right, That's really amazing stuff, Sri, really good stuff. So look, if people want to get in contact with you, talk about increasingly other stuff that you've shared today, how do they do that? Feel free to share your social media handles, whatever you like.
1: Sure, just get in touch with me on Twitter at Shri Sharma. So that's at S-R-I-S-H-A-R-M-A. Or you can even drop me a line at Shri, that's S-R-I-at-increasingly.com. If you know any retailers, multi-product retailers who sell 50 products or more that we could help, please do if you've enjoyed this and you've got some buddies who are in that space, please do share the word and ask them to reach out. And I'd love to talk to them. We're a growing business. And, you know, every bit of help really is so appreciated.
0: It's good stuff, Sri. You know, you're my man. I really appreciate it. Likewise. Thanks so much, Priest. Thanks, buddy. You do. <laughs> See you later. Bye. I want to thank my guest, Sri. I told you guys he's a very reflective Introspective person. You've seen how passionate he was about mentorship. It's something that I really appreciate about him because he really wants people to get it. And it's why I brought him on the podcast so that I could share some of that insight with you. Him and I have sat down and talked, and of course, we'll have more conversations and share. But hopefully, you just got something to kind of pick off and go out and develop your own mentorship circle, if you will. You know, I really want us to become a community together. And I asked my community, the Marketplace community, please go out iTunes, leave a feedback. Let me know what you thought of today's episode of past episodes that you've listened to. I would really appreciate it. Sometimes you may have to search Missions and Marketplace iTunes in order for it to pop up on Google. Otherwise, just click right into the show notes there. But I really appreciate your support and your constant listening. It's showing by our growth month over month, episode over episode. It's honestly because of you. And that means a lot to me. So until next Sunday, I appreciate you. Thanks guys.
1: the best ever my style is impetuous my defense is impregnable and i'm just ferocious